welcome to Ghosts and Hoes. <laughs> Paranormal podcast where we talk about all things spooky, mm-hmm. cryptids, yep. murder, most foul. Definitely those. Fucking aliens. Ooh, Goddamn. Yeah. Bob. Fucking Bob. Gwyneth Paltrow and her nonsense. So much that. Right? So much that. Yeah, so, because uh, we have so many new listeners, which is rad. Hello, I'm D. I'm Z. That's Randall on the ones and twos. Hi. Hey, buddy. I hey, wait to be introduced buddy. as the producer. <laughs> and that's good. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes? We have a hater. I know, I'm going to. Speak when fucking spoken to. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna call her hateful Hannah. We have a um, hater will, who doesn't I'll... think we're funny. Oh, is this the lady? Yeah. Hang on, let me find and it because I know it's in here. We were drunk on a day that we weren't drunk. Here we go. <laughs> We've been drunk. Here we go. Yeah. So this was this was uh, an email we got. I'm happy I'm high because my response is gonna be way more measured. Uh, fair. But this was from oh, last. Oh, we're last gonna week. do it. We're, we're gonna, right we're gonna after. read it. Of course, yeah. we're gonna read it. All right, yeah. absolutely, so we're reading it. The email was the subject was new listener. I'm like, oh yay, no, yeah. it didn't turn out to be like that. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Oh, actually, you say it, and yep. then I'll say it. So she says, I recently found your podcast and would like to say a few things. Yay. You should put more into your cases. They're severely lacking info. Boo. Your side <laughs> chats are ridiculous. You're drunk, and it's not the right you're. You're drunk and high ramblings are stupid. Oh. And fuck you, you fucking Swede. No fuck you, Randall. Hashtag Swede Lives Matter. Well, so, hateful Hannah, Randall, in that matter. was referring to thing. Monica, who I, was at Jimi Hendrix's yeah. hateful... I couldn't remember her last name. I said it some, sounds like something Swedish. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's who you were referring to. And so I did respond. So no me, one was drunk that day, no by one was the way. Drunk. So no one was drunk. And also, if you're going to. I can write, refer you to the ones where I am, right, where we I mean, are. Usually you know me. immediately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but I did, I did respond. And I didn't. You were so nice Thank about you. it. I tried. You really were. I said, thanks for your feedback. We work incredibly hard on all aspects of the podcast, especially research. And if you don't think so, that's fine. A lot of our listeners love the banter slash side chats. And if our show isn't for you, that's okay. Have a great day. And then I sent another email that said, oh, and just to clarify, Randall was referring to, uh, referring specifically to Jimi Hendrix's Swedish girlfriend, Monica, who was a terrible person. Hope that helps. Have a nice day. <laughs> And thousands of people disagree with you, hateful Hannah. So yeah, it was, well, if that's like, if you listen to something or you watch a thing and you just don't like it, there's no need to send the creators of that content an email there was like that. It's nothing just fucking constructive. pointless. There's nothing constructive. If you had written in and said, I find that offensive as a Swedish person for the following reasons, or... You had said, like, you guys did this show on this, you did this episode on this thing, and here's all the things that were wrong about it's it. like, yeah, the information was wrong. Fine, but. Would gladly go back and be like, oh, hey, well, let's, let's grab that. Here's the thing. Not... This is not time suck. Yeah. This is not one man and his team taking on one topic for a three and a half hour recording. Mm-hmm. This is not a mini documentary series on HBO. Yeah. These are, this is, this is two buddies and they're gay weird producer <laughs> writing as much as they can in a week while working full-time jobs and having lives yeah, we're the only we don't have research assistants we do it all by ourselves and on top of that we're a comedy podcast it is, it is, a, it is a history <laughs> comedy true crime paranormal podcast 
And it is said, if you listen... I am not Aaron Mankey. Like, you said it on the last one, and you guys say it all the time when you take on giant topics. It's like, there are rabbit holes. Go look them up if you want to know more. Because I am not going to sit here for four fucking hours and walk you through this. And this is like what I said to you. They said they were a new listener. No, you're you're not. You're not a new listener. (laughs) You have listened to one episode (laughs) and hated it. And that's fine. That's fine. You don't have to tell us. That we're terrible and that we suck because we're just not your taste. I and that's okay. And I don't believe you. Also, I do. I think not everybody likes it and I that's fine. Th- I think you're terrible and no, you suck. No, just that we suck. We don't no. suck. I, I think, Hateful Hannah, that you're terrible and you suck because mm-hmm. who but someone who is terrible and sucks would take the time out of their day to do that? Yeah, trolls. Called do. her hateful Hannah because it rhymed, but she was acting like a Karen. She was. It was. We definitely had. We got our first Karen. Well, it was an alliteration. It didn't rhyme, but you know what I meant. I'm very tired. <laughs> we got a Karen. You guys, we got our first yeah, Karen. First Karen. Well, no, because we had fucking Roy or whatever his name was. Well, that fucking guy was not. Yeah. It's not a Karen. He was just a dick. So. He was just a dick. I'm like, sorry that my experience well, offended I mean, you. We're putting ourselves out there. That's fine. Not everyone has to like us. That's, That's okay. We don't expect you to. But don't sit there and tear us apart when you're going after a comedy, true crime, yeah. paranormal. We are under the comedy category. We're fucking funny. That We're not trying to be Aaron Mankey. No. You know? And again, like I said, it's just the two of us doing research right. each week on these stories. And you're the First. Separately, by the way. Separately, yes. Separately. And you are the first and only person that has said our research is lacking. So you can suck it. <laughs> yep. And suck that is it. a great way to, to, to put a bow on Hateful Hannah. That was the sound of me putting a bow on something. <laughs> it's booping. Boop. It's a solid boop. Do we have any actual backhoes? Yes. All right. Not just hoes? <laughs> Not just hoes. So, or hateful ass people? No. In the complete opposite <gasps> vein. Oh my God, we- if we get more hate mail, I don't want to call them hateful hoes. They're <laughs> all hateful hoes. That's, That's amazing. amazing. That, is, right? that is fair. Don't be a hateful ho. Nobody has time for that. But you guys, you can also write in funny, hateful emails. You could write in funny, hateful emails about other things. Like Dr. Vendo. Absolutely. Please, please write us another email, Dr. Mendo. We miss you so much. I just, I truly do miss your words. Uh, but no, in the complete opposite vein, we have a new patron. Oh. Uh, so shout out to Devin. What's up, Devin? What up, Dev? Um, Patreon was down today. Oh, no. So I had to message Devin on ye old Instagram and be like, hey, buddy, what's your address? Because I got <laughs> your stuff ready to go. But I can't access your address right now. You're way better than I am about sending stuff out. I'm so bad at it. Um, It's a lot to do with my ADHD. Because mm. I will be sitting in my office and I'm like, I'm going to check Patreon. And then I'll see. I'm like, ooh, got to get it done now. Since I'm here, if I don't, I will forget to do uh-huh. it. Um, But yeah, and I have a system. Because uh, Patreon will email me when we get new members. And so... I don't delete them, the emails. I save them as a reminder. Mm. Be like, ah ha ha. Yes. Write that down. Right. Go go make the envelopes right now. Right. So you do not forget because I know you bitch and you will. I'm currently remembering and forgetting. Uh, <laughs> I don't can't remember if Robert Logan started listening to this show or if that was just Jeff, but uh Robert, I owe you a what's more metal die. Nice. 
nice. Yeah. If you're listening, you're owed a die. A die. <laughs> hey, um, do you want some of this Topo Chico? I yeah, because I'm kind of bogarting it right now. That's Hold okay. On. Here, let me. I mean, I brought it. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like I'm in high school. We're sharing, the three of us are sharing uh Do you want to wait? Not before me. Uh, we're sharing a Topo Chico hard seltzer, uh, strawberry guava. It's great. This is not, they're not paying us to say this. It's one of the big ones. Yeah, it's one of the big ones. It's a BFG. I, it's a big boy. Yeah. It's a tall, it's a tall boy. It's a yeah. BFC, boy. rather. A big, a big baby. A big buddy. Yeah. Do you remember the, the monster BFCs? No. It was huh? one of those, mm-hmm. and it just said BFC on the bottom, and it oh, said big, big fucking can. That's amazing. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, it's delightful. Uh, and like I said, when I found out the, they were going to make these, I'm going to be insufferable. Yeah. <laughs> no. Because it's bougie-ass water right here. Uh, I'm into it. Um, well, bougie-ass alcohol water. Yeah. So, I'm into it. Yeah. For it. Yeah, buddy. Um, also... We just wanted to say, uh, congratulations to Clayton for getting his fucking commercial pilot license. Yes, I saw that. Congratulations, Clayton. That is awesome. Uh, He sent me a message today. He said, I got my license. I just listened to last week's episode. (laughs) Where's my boobs? (laughs) I didn't didn't have time to send you. I I almost sent you a picture of the blue-footed boobies. Oh, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I didn't, but just know that that's what I would have sent you. Let us know what person. airline you go to work for, buddy. Hell yeah, friend. So that was the gentleman that inter- that told us about the, uh, the, the yeah. spins versus... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. yep. One, of, one of the two. The other one was my dad. Mm, yes. <laughs> yeah. My dad. My dad. Clayton my was the one dad. that said... He could have been disoriented, but also probably aliens. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Motherfucking aliens. And then... And Dan. Uh, listener and friend of the show, Anna, um, yes. who I met at Rose City Comic Con mm-hmm. many years ago now in line for an autograph from Robert England. Oh, okay. <gasps> delightful. It was just all around delightful. Anna's amazing. Robert England. I've met him many times now. Oh, have you? Sw- yes. Sweet, hilarious, just amazing person. Uh, but... We've been friends on Facebook since then. She's like, I just started listening to your podcast. And she's like, I've been quoting it so much recently. (laughs) And one of my friends was like, what what are you talking about? And so now her friend is listening. Because she she keeps saying, Von Wywater, daddy. And that's my favorite thing. And so her friend has, before she started listening, her friend would say, Von Wy is the rum gone. I'm like, I love you. That's... And I can't answer that, but get more. It'll be great. Amazing. But she sent me um, a link because she had just listened to the Fred and Rosemary West episode. Oh, yeah. And there is an update. Oh, oh shit! Yes, there is. Fred and Rosemary. So Fred and Rosemary West, British couple, horrible. horrible I actually kind of want to redo that story someday because there are so was this it's pre- killed some of their kids. Yes. No, oh, was pre- uh, well, he killed no. one of their children. Uh, but they, yes, it was. It was with was Nick. It? Oh, yeah. okay. Um, so it they're just this horrific couple. They would kidnap, tor- molest, torture young women. Mm. Uh, and teenage girls murder them, bury them in under their the garden, in the garden, under the house. Bad they people. killed. Uh, they had a lot of fucking kids too, and they used their older daughter's murder 
as a threat to their other children. Be like, you don't want to end up like Heather, do you? Oh, my. Yeah, bad, bad people. Bad uh, people. Fred West, they got caught fucking finally. Yeah. Uh, Fred West hung himself in prison uh, so he didn't have to do the things. Do the things. Yeah. Uh, Rose West is still alive. She's still in prison. So here is your update. I have to hold this to my face. Because I'm elderly. So, according to the Daily Mail, police have been digging underneath a restaurant called the Clean Plate Cafe in the hopes of recovering the remains of suspected victim Mary Bastholm. Oh. Uh, Mary was only 15 years old when she disappeared in 1968 and has long been considered one of the West's victims. Uh, Mary worked at the restaurant, which was then called the Pop-In Cafe, as a waitress. Uh, and it's believed that Fred West was a regular at that cafe and was also laying a concrete floor in the basement at the time. Oh, boy. Yeah. So the restaurant was also only half a mile away from the West house on Cromwell Street. Oh, boy. A.K.A. the House of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Um, a school book believed to be Mary's was discovered behind the brickwork in the basement some years ago by... Um, the man who ran the restaurant at the time. I can't remember exactly what year. That's crazy. But he's like, it was an older, um, like, school exercise book from that uh-huh. time period. And it's like, well, that could be the only person I'd think of that would have had this here. And um, right after she had disappeared, she um, a silver necklace of hers was found mm. uh, and some Monopoly money. And I don't know if the whole board game, because she was going on, she was going to see her boyfriend and she had Monopoly with her because oh, okay. they were going to play a board game and they found some of the money How sweet on the that? street. Um, but recently um, ITV began filming documentary about the Wests and the production crew brought a cadaver dog to the clean plate where it reacted to a spot in the basement. Oh boy. And I briefly skimmed something that said they had used the um the scanner mm-hmm. thing and lidar i think so where they do like the sort of x-ray but not yeah um of the ground i think it's and called it, lidar where you can go down it like and it shoots radio waves down it and detects, then it's, it detects interruptions yeah in the yeah waves. and they yeah. i don't remember which website i had seen like briefly i was looking for something else and saw it out of the corner of my eye i'm like oh weird and then i couldn't find it again yeah, but there what they had like something was down there. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the West's daughters, May, believes without a doubt her mother knows what happened to Mary Bastholm and knows exactly where she is, but says that Rosemary will take that secret to her grave. Why? No idea. Why? Why? You're already in prison for the rest of your fucking life. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you just say it's not? Because she's a hateful, spiteful bitch of a person wow she's truly a terrible monster wow and i think it's also because of her uh relationship and loyalty to fred even to this day fucking stockholm syndrome dude i don't think so she was just as awful she yeah true she i wouldn't i wouldn't she was just she is equally as fucking horrible monster even if he did more of the crimes, she was right there with him helping. So yeah. She, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say Stockholm Syndrome in that case. She's just a fucking asshole. Yeah. Uh, and I found some of the information from Daily Mail, The Sun, and GloucestershireLive.co.uk. But yeah, I was like, oh, that's fucking interesting. Can't wait to see 
Linda Velman on that. Sadly, both of her parents are already dead. Oh. Uh, so, and I think I where did I her? Hear? I don't think she has that. Uh, Mary has that much family living still. I think she may have a brother and a sister mm-hmm. that are still alive, or one sibling is still alive, but their parents are dead, so they didn't get to have that closure with their daughter, yeah, which is I, really I upsetting. heard something somewhere. I knew that there was an update in mm-hmm. their case. I just, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. But I just, the second you said that, I was like, oh my God, there is. And yep. why do I know that? I don't know why I know that, but I do. <laughs> Somebody may have mentioned it somewhere. Possible, on yeah. Instagram or something. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I was like, holy shit. Well, damn. Yeah. Cause, and the house that they lived in was 25 Cromwell Street does not exist anymore. It was torn down, mm. which rightfully fucking so, because I can't imagine anybody would have wanted to live there mm. after all of the dead Horrible. bodies yeah. and murders and other horrific things happened there. Um, yeah, torn down. I know I, I did another update a few months ago when about their, their son, son died. died. Yeah. yeah. One of their sons. But yeah, it's like, Jesus, after all this time, just still crazy. Those waves, those, that ripple effect still Still happening. Mm-hmm. That's fucking wild. Fuck those guys. Straight up. <laughs> I can't remember. This was funny and also awful. Somebody had posted a picture. It was one of those pillows with the sequins on it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like you flip oh, it to yeah, one yeah, side yeah. and it's like silver and then you flip to the other. It's Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. This one, however, I don't know where the person found it because it was just like a screenshot meme that had been made forever ago. And it was a picture of Rosemary West. On and the who other did side, they think it? They thought it was somebody. They thought else. it was somebody's like grandma or right? aunt or something. They're like, whose auntie is this? Whose grandma is this? Because the picture was taken in like probably the seventies. So she's got like the hair and the big glasses, like mine. Glasses. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say. Like mine. So the glasses that you're wearing on your face. Yep. yep. These are my rose wests, unfortunately. Um, but I was like, and I think one of the captions like under this was like, should somebody tell them? please don't ever never do just let them be innocent and think that's somebody's auntie or grandma nobody needs to know oh god it was I'm like okay I who made that because that's unfortunate but the fact that somebody happened across it and had no idea what was going on is kind of my favorite thing right it's like that's silly shit I keep getting ads for shirts like that Mm. like you can make them Oh. Yeah, there's a company, and I don't remember what they're called, because Facebook and Instagram are like, hey, check out this thing. And I'm like, don't tempt me, because that's really funny, and I will do something stupid with it. I can't be trusted as an adult to use my money wisely. Um, Arts. But yeah, it was like a heart, and then it was like red sequins, and you can just like customize it and put a picture of whatever you want on it. And it was like... Oh, boy. I didn't buy one. I was tempted. I'm like, somebody tell me not to make one of these of Bill Hader. And everybody was like... I can't do that. Why would, I t- why would I tell you to not do that? I'm like, that's a really good point. That's Just hilarious, one stripe dude. Up the middle. <laughs> Boop. It's one one little bit of bill. One little bit of bill. <laughs> a little a little bit of bill. A little bit of bill. Just a little bit of bill. It's a stripe of bill. Hmm. Oh well, yeah. shit balls. Yeah, that was funny. So I went easy on myself this week. Oh, did you? I go first? Correct. Yes, you do. Yeah. I went easy on myself this you week. You look like you might have gone easy on yourself too. I did. It's gonna yeah. be a short McGort, guys. That was a weird thing to say. <laughs> I don't like it. 
<laughs> well, last week was like two hours plus. It was. I'm pretty sure last week's episode was the longest one we've ever done. Right? Really? Mm-hmm. I could have sworn we've done a three. No. Never that long. Have we not done three? Mm-mm. Hmm. Unless it was a Patreon. I almost want to go and look. Go for it. I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure last week it was like 224, and I think that's the longest. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. Pretty sure. Today might actually be the shortest then. Shit. <laughs> who Who knows? I got dinner to cook. Let's do this. I got to go to bed. Yeah, that's, oh, oh no. I gotta Sorry. get up. I got to get up before dawn. Yeah, you got to get up to work. like 3.30. That's horrible. I should be asleep so already. Sorry. That'll never sorry. happen. No. Ever in anybody's no. lifetime. You'll adjust. I will. I've done you it before. There. It's just been a really long time. I used to work at five o'clock in the morning, so it, I'm used to it. I was. Gross. I'll get used to it again. Well, today I've got a haunted location. Ooh. And this location, in my opinion, is haunted as fuck. Okay. And we want to go to there. Generally, always. So, Sloss Furnaces is a national historic landmark in Birmingham, Alabama. It operated as a pig iron producing blast furnace from 1882 to 1971. What is pig iron, you ask? I was just going to. I had to. to Google it myself because I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Basically, it's just impure iron. Mm. Whereas like cast iron has all these other minerals and mm-hmm. shit pulled out, mm-hmm. pig iron does not. Okay. Sure. So the site currently serves as an interpretive museum of industry and hosts a nationally recognized metal arts program. And it also serves as a concert and festival venue. Mm. But that's not why we are here. No. And also... Isn't huh? that weird? Right? I'm, try- I'm, pic- well, I'm picturing it in my head and it doesn't really look like a place that would... Hold a thing like that. It's, there, it's what is the original purpose of the plant again? It's a plant. It's a blast. It's blast furnaces. Yeah, I mean, yeah. essentially, it's like a mill, a plant. A, yeah, that that place yeah. has got to be fucking huge. It is big. It's got to be big. So Colonel James Withers Sloss was one of the founders of Birmingham itself. And helping to promote railroad development in Jones Valley, Alabama, and participating in the Pratt Coke and Coal Company, which was one of the new cities or the city's first manufacturers. In 1881, he formed his own company, the Sloss Furnace Company, and began construction of Birmingham's first blast furnace on 50 acres of land donated by the Ellington Land Company for industrial development. The engineer in charge of construction was Harry. Hargraves, a former student of English inventor Thomas Whitewell, Whitwell. The two Whitwell-type furnaces were 60 feet tall and 18 feet wide. They were some big bitches. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The first blast was initiated in April of 1882, and the facility produced 24,000 tons of iron during its first year of operation. Goddamn. Now, prepare to get a little angry. Correction. Prepare to get a lot angry. In 1886, Sloss retired and sold the company to a group of investors who reorganized it in 1899 as the Sloss Sheffield Steel and Iron Company. The new owner's workforce consisted of mainly African-American convict laborers. I'm angry! That were purchased in collusion with local sheriffs in a system called peonage. Peonage? P-E-O-N-A-G-E? 
Hmm. Probably peonage. Basically, it's debt slavery. Sheriffs would arrest mainly African-American men under bogus charges of vagrancy, and the Sloss Company would purchase the men and work them essentially as slaves. They're more or less chain gangs. They would work off their debt. Yeah. Yeah, Sort of like, you know, yeah. Yeah. This essentially allowed slavery to continue after the Civil War and amassed great wealth for Sloss himself. And his company was helping to pave the way for the Industrial Revolution. Unfortunately, part of the price was human life. As you can imagine, with this type of work comes a certain amount of very, very dangerous fucking accidents. Well, in the early 1900s, a man named James Wormwood, who went by the nickname Slag, was the foreman of the graveyard shift, where a crew of 150 men worked and kept the furnaces fed. Unfortunately, there were more accidents under Slag's watch than any other foreman. I can see why you told me to get angry. Ten times more than any other shift in the history of the furnace. Sounds like there's a racist on our hands. 47 men died. You. And some men were so permanently disfigured, they were unable to ever go back to work. An explosion in 1888 left six men permanently blind. Now, if any of you live in the South or have ever visited, then you know how fucking hot it can be. Mm-hmm. Well, imagine working in a literal furnace where the temperature inside gets up to a 120 degrees. No, thank you. It's a literal living hell. And for the men working it, well, some had no choice and others took any work that they could find. There were no breaks, no holidays, no days off. The men were worked hard and even harder under slag. He was always trying to impress the big bosses and speed up production, hence the accidents and no rest for the men. Well, that would all change in October of 1906, and there are two versions of what happened, and both are very fucking plausible. The first is that, and the one that's on record, is that Slag, possibly lightheaded from the methane gas created in the furnaces, lost his balance at the top of the highest furnace, named Big Alice, and fell into a pool of melted ore, legit being incinerated instantly. Fucking good. Right. Now, the other version is that some of the graveyard crew had had enough of his shit and someone either pushed him in or as a collective, they all made sure he went in. Again, fucking good. Uh, Interesting part of the story is that Slag had never set foot on the top of a furnace in all of his years of working there. He always sent someone else, Mm. which makes me think Hmm. they threw him in. That's my guess. Yeah. Well, after the death of James Slag Wormwood, the graveyard shift was discontinued after strange incidents and accidents, which slowed production, and the rumors of men feeling a presence spread among the workers. Graveyard shift, done. In 1926, a night watchman sustained injuries after he said someone pushed him down from behind, and a man's voice told him to get back to work. When he turned around and looked up, no one was there. Oh, good. In 1947, three supervisors went missing. All three of the men were found unconscious and locked in a small boiler room in the southeastern part of the plant, and none of them could explain exactly what happened or how they got there, 
but they all said that they had been approached by a man whose skin appeared badly burned, and he shouted at them to push some steel. Oh. In 1971, on the night before the plant closed its doors forever, Samuel Blumenthal, who was the Sloss's night watchman, was walking around doing his rounds, and according to him, found himself face-to-face with the most frightening thing he had ever seen. He described it simply as an evil-looking half-man, half-demon who tried to push him up the stairs. When Blumenthal refused, he said that the thing began to beat on him, and when Blumenthal was found, he was taken to the hospital where he was examined by Dr. Jack Barlow, and Blumenthal was covered with intense burns, and he did not survive. Oh, no. He died. So... There have been more than 100 reports of suspected paranormal activity at Sloss Furnaces recorded in Birmingham police records from minor incidents such as uh, steam whistles apparently blowing by themselves to major sightings and the rare physical assault. It is interesting to note that the majority of these reports do happen in the months of September and October at night during the old graveyard shift. So Sloss Furnace has been on many, many a paranormal show, including Ghost Adventures, which is an episode that I have seen, and it's pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. It's been on America's Scariest Places on Earth, Unexplained Mysteries, Ghost Hunters, and uh, on our friend Braxton's show, Spirit Quest, which can be found on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I've seen that episode as well, and I spoke with Braxton about his experiences, and he told me that they got several good EVPs as well as an apparition, and Braxton, being an empath, dealt with a lot of emotions that weren't his anger, dread, sadness. Um, The location has also been investigated by countless people and groups, and from what I can tell, she doesn't disappoint. In 1988, a study was conducted by the Center for Paranormal Events in St. Petersburg, Florida, on Sloss Furnaces. Now, no events out of the ordinary occurred during the study. Many of the team members, including two psychics, claimed that due to the violent disregard for and loss of life, Sloss Furnaces should be considered a location rife with restless souls. In 2003, Sloss was investigated by the Alabama Foundation for Paranormal Research, who quoted that, There is no doubt Sloss is a hot spot for paranormal activity. During our investigations, we pulled data that confirms through our scientific methods and approach that energies are present there that cannot be explained. Sloss is one of the most paranormally active places our team has investigated. Now, I don't personally, okay, I personally do not agree with this next little tidbit, Um, but... Starting in 1996, Sloss Furnace started being used as a haunt attraction. Mm. So every October, and it's called Fright Furnace. Um, I personally don't agree with that, but that's just me. I'm, I'm sure lots of people like it, and it is obviously a very big selling point for them because it right. is an actual haunted location. However, uh, on October 4th, 2003... One of the Fright Furnace crew members, who had worked there for many years, suddenly caught fire one evening after seeing a strange shape. He suffered burns up and down his body and was taken to the hospital. He could not recall exactly what the hell happened. 
and it was, oddly enough, very close in date to the attack on Samuel Blumenthal back in 1971. Coincidence? Hmm. Or no? So, Sloss Furnace has not only had hundreds of police reports, but there are hundreds of stories from people who have worked there and still work there, as well as reports from the many visitors to the museum and the yearly haunt. I, for one, know that I would like to check it out, and my money is on the fact that she is haunted as fuck. Mm-hmm. That is the story of Sloss Furnaces. Very nice. My sources are a Wiki, FrightFurnace.com, Alabama Living, Marilyn Jones, HauntedRooms.com, and OnlyInYourState.com. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to say that I don't know that. Because, like, part of that haunted location is all the people who died in the accidents, right? Correct. Clearly. Yeah. And there are many. Many. And then there's the dude, right? So I want to say that capitalizing on the death of a bunch of, Mm -hmm. you know, black prisoners. They weren't all. Or, like, a bunch of. Yes. The death of slaves. Yes. Uh, and then one real gnarly racist. But, and this is a big but, I don't know that there are many hauntings that you can exploit, because that's what it is. Yeah. There are many hauntings that you can exploit that don't have a horrific backstory to them, because that's kind of how they're born. Right. You know, and I get it. It's a big moneymaker because it's an actual haunted that's just, location. That's a rough, that's but a rough for one to me, take advantage of. I just don't. And it's not the only place that does that. There's lots of places that do that. I'm sure um, there's fucking plantations all throughout the South mm-hmm. or just locations all throughout yeah. the South that do that. Um, if for me, I just feel like it. There's the exploitation, yes, but it's also when you have a location that has that kind of energy and haunting, the last thing you want to do is go throw thousands of people in it. Now, you know, okay, devil's advocate, people do go to haunted places and investigate them like we do. Mm -hmm. It's a small group at a time. Right. But, yeah, thousands of people, you know, thousands of people have visited Lizzie Borden. Thousands of people have visited... um, The Whaley House. uh, Right. But not to that extent. Right. It just, I think it just cheapens it for me where you're making a haunt attraction. I don't know. But that's just me. I'm sure it's a lot of fun. I'm sure it's scary. I'm sure it's great. I just, eh, meh. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, a lot of guys. That's that. I can't. It, that's some shit work. Just some shit work. Yep. And and they lived on the grounds. They didn't leave. It's crazy. Yeah. After hearing that story, I don't know how badly I want to go see a concert there. <laughs> Fair. Right. I looked up pictures to try and figure out how. I'm like, well, that also just doesn't look like something I want to do. Cause it, I don't. Yeah, I don't it, like that. The idea of it, like no, no. 
It's. I mean, it looks like a cool venue. I mean, where they yeah, opened it all up like that. Like, I get at, it. Uh, looking for pictures, and it looks like you can also get married there. That's cool. But, I mean, they've made it an interpretive museum. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and I don't think that they downplay the history of it. Um, you know, the Industrial Revolution. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears. A lot of dead women and children in there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of them. Men, women, children. I mean, it's, yeah. well. you know, bodies along the way and the railroad. Good God. Um, but There's so many. Chinese people. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. There's a lot of dead people in general. A lot more dead people than alive people. Yeah. Yeah. That is that accurate. Was, <laughs> it was a time period where nobody nobody cared. They're like, you're eight? Get to the factory. Right. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, we're going to lock That's you in thing there. That's the thing, too. I don't know why I was looking up child. I, I think it was something I came across on Pinterest. It was a photo of like a little girl. She's six and she's an oyster shucker. Was an oyster shucker. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Like, I think it was like 1900, 1901, little yep. itty bitty blonde girl shucking oysters for eight to nine, ten hours a day. She can like take your fingers off. Right. And yeah. I'm like, f- <laughs> I said something to my sister. I think I was like, hey, next time Mason complains about having to do a chore mm. here. And she's like, oh, he wouldn't have survived. I said, well, <laughs> no. what choice would he have? Make him and then an I oyster. sort of scrolled through all the photos yeah. and I was like, well, this kid did this and this kid did this. And yeah, no, eight year olds making yeah. matches and shit. Because they could get into those tiny spaces too. Like you can put your teeny tiny little fingers right? into this machinery, and I mean, could you imagine a no. six-year-old working eight hours a day? I can't. No. Right? No. no. Not For at all. Tuppence? Not at all. <laughs> I mean, right? Crazy. No. Uh, Funny word. Right? Tuppence. 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 But yeah, what a fucking weird time that was. Six-year-olds. Doing manual labor. Bring it back. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Bring it back. Right? Mm. Send your eight-year-old to shuck oysters all day. Next time they want to complain about cleaning their room. Make kids build these (laughs) high-rises. I don't trust that. Actually, some of these kids, man, these kids playing their, what is it, Minecraft and the shit that they build? Good Lord. I don't even know how to operate that. Mm -mm. It's wild. No, I don't trust him to actually build something that I have to walk on. Yeah, let's you know, let's do it though. <laughs> let's put him in charge of really, really, Shit. really intense math. Right? They they don't know how to tie their shoes yet, but yes, yes, let's make them engineers. Yeah, that's fine. Here for it. I think they can. Do I'm it. all for child labor. Actually, no. Engineers will leave to adults, but the kids can like operate the machinery. Go make go make matches. Go shuck oysters. Quit bitching about having to clean your room. I hope that heavy machinery comes with training wheels. <laughs> right? It'll come with a operator's manual written in crayon. <laughs> Just crudely drawn symbols explaining things. Like, oh, yeah, I get it now. It'll be a pop-up book. Awesome. The crane. Well, like, you'll have the book and the crane will come up to here. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. My ex always used to just, every time we'd drive by a crane, he'd be like, but how do they get there? They climb the Where? fucking ladder. No, not no, that. Center. Not that. He meant like someday, you know, construction is starting, then just one day magically there's a crane there. He's oh, like, yeah. But where do they go? How do they, <laughs> how does it work? Do they, are they in like some warehouse somewhere? Are they, are they like 
Legos? Do they take them apart and just put them up super fast? Or are they like, do they fold? Do they contract? I don't understand how cranes work. And I'm like, I don't care. Please stop asking me. Uh, A, the middle one. And B, there's an elevator. Oh. Yeah. I don't remember what the middle one was. Well, look, maybe uh, maybe they Legos? do take them apart and oh. put them Legos. together. I mean, have you ever seen how fast a bunch of meth heads put together a Ferris wheel <laughs> for a carnival? No. Uh, I have. That scary uh also yeah the whole it's those things can get put together very quick like in 24 hours you i don't trust it together. that's the thing it's like during rose festival time you know you drive by there's nothing there and you drive by the next day there's an entire fucking ferris wheel and i'm just like absolutely not that's mm-hmm. a death trap and i am not getting i no, absolutely not One of i see how fast they put them up and tear them down no i have an early memory <laughs> from high school of going to one of those festivals. Oh, yeah. And they had that thing where you're in a tiny metal box. The squirrel cages? Yeah, a squirrel cage. Mm-hmm. And it just flips oh, you. the yeah. zipper. The zipper. It's the Thank zipper. You. And someone I knew went on that with a friend who I think they were trying to hook up in high school. It's a weird one to do it on. Absolute wrong ride to do that on. And I remember her coming down and just the utter look, just fear. Just pure mm-hmm. fear hands gripping the sides of the cage yep. and screaming. Yep. And it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to me. I never win on that one. No, me neither. No, Fuck thank no. You. Well, my cousin and her dad got stuck on one. Like the ride stopped, so they were kind of like no, just hanging out you. there for way too many minutes. Fuck that nonsense. Then is acceptable at all? One minute is unacceptable but it was a good like five ten minutes i uh-huh. think where they were just kind of hanging out they weren't completely upside nope. down but somebody else was yes so, <laughs> which sucks for them thank you but, yeah, no no i don't hard you, pass no. on the zipper hard fucking pass yeah i don't go to carnivals there. or fairs anymore not yeah. for the rides no like if there's a there's i'll go if food there's like a concert i was gonna say we go for the yeah. food for the food at this juncture. especially but also for like if there's a concert going on, yeah. hell yeah. We see go for the, that I want to see. All the little vendors. And the sham wows. Mm-hmm. The shammies. The shammy wows. Get yourself a sham wow. I have right? done exactly that exactly. at the Oregon State Fair. Okay. By um, the way, the Oregon State Fair has like turned nice. fairs into fucking trade shows. Yeah. Which, it's weird. Yeah. There's like hot tub sales people. Yeah. Which I'm like. Well, I guess they've always because uh, I, do. I mean, they've done it for a long time. I grew up in the, yeah, up in the Bay Area, and we yeah, have the, the Alameda County Fair. Oh yeah, you could buy hot tubs yeah. and Solar there's all panels. kinds of sham wows. Come and to think of it, my mom got knives really nice lotion from one of those squeegees, places. frying pans, and squeegees. You fucking knit. So yeah, many squeegees. Yeah, crystals. So many scentsy people. I'm sure. Oh yeah, now everywhere. Yeah. Well, I would have been there a while ago, but I haven't. I also haven't been to the fair in a long time. Remember the one ride that People looked like a spaceship, fair. and then you go inside and, and it spins. It, it spins. Oh, yeah. You get stuck to the wall. That was fun. I liked that ride. Uh, I think have... it was like the gravitron. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That Which one, they have just those. It's still still. Yeah, yeah, it's still a thing. That one. That one I liked. Yeah, that, that one one's was fun. fun. Yeah, I remember taking the old timey photos, but it was back when they actually used the real. Oh, the cameras. Cameras. Yeah. Now it's all, and it was all actual digital. sepia uh-huh. because it's the real fucking camera. And mm-hmm. now they just do it digital and it pisses me off. Calm down. I hate that. It's just Agreed. It's cheating. It's bullshit. <laughs> Calm down. 
nobody wants to pay the amount of money these days that right? it would cost to do that anymore. For nobody cares. Bullshit digital Nobody cares about the authenticity except for you. <laughs> you know I'm right. There's probably a small group of people. But that are mad like me? It's very yeah. small. I mean, I'm like 50% with you. We should start you. a club. Please don't. So here's Please the thing. don't start Check that club. Out. I am 50% with you, but the other 50% is 70% against you. Well, you know what, though? <laughs> There is a photography studio like in Gettysburg that will does actual tintype still. Yeah, that makes mm. sense. I need to go to there. It's right. Gettysburg. Of course they would. That makes sense. That yes. I'd be into. Also, somebody recently on Twitter posted, it was just like a historian, and she was talking about um, like how, she's like, well, a question I get asked all the time is why people look so old in photos from like Victorian era and mm-hmm. such. Oh, I know the answer. And well, she posted a picture of herself that had been taken. It was a tintype mm-hmm. of herself when she was like 19. She's like, I look 50. It's just how photography worked. worked. And also like the development of it. And if Boom. you've never had a photo taken before, you're not going to know how to pose or how to act. But nowadays, you know, we take 75 photos of ourselves in one instant well, and you sitting. Had to sit there so and long. Nothing. I was like, that's, these are all good points, madam. That's actually the biggest piece of it. I took photography, so I know how tintypes, like the chemical mm-hmm. part of it works. And it's because you are, uh, the exposure is so long mm-hmm. that there isn't really- You age 50 years you, while well, you wait like, for the photo to be taken? Part of it, like with the aging thing, it's capturing a lot of the shadows and mm-hmm. things that are hitting your face. Yeah. But then also, the, the all of the edges start to get soft because of the, the exposure. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of that yeah. uh, just having, the, it's, the, it's the chemical used. Well, and a lot of times people will see and they incorrectly identify some Victorian photos as memento mori mm-hmm. because the children, you can see that they've, they're they leaning on something. It's almost like a doll stand yeah, for real kids. Yeah, because there's somebody... And it's not because they're dead. It's because sitting. they had to stand there so fucking long. So yeah. and people they've also just got... assume when they see that that it is, and it's... So now you know. Not the more you all know. of the time. No. You can tell. You know it when you see it. Yes. But they also had like the their moms hiding under the black sheet sometimes which is really creepy because if it's like you can't see me if the picture isn't like tight in on the baby <laughs> it's just a weird fucking you know is, what i mean yeah no, I've, I've seen puppets. that yeah i've seen that <laughs> and it's and super you, creepy yeah. and i've seen it in a photo where it was like the picture itself and then it was taken out of the frame oh. and you're like oh fuck and you could see i think it was in a movie but still, it's still creepy. It was looking. still really it's creepy. Very creepy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, ooh, spooky. But I do love old Victorian photos. I do too, especially of children, because they're just extra creepy for whatever reason. They are. The only time that I ever saw old timey photos being taken is at Six Flags Magic Mountain, <laughs> and they cost like thirty dollars for a session. And now thinking about getting a legit Tim type done makes me think that I would have paid like a hundred dollars, and no, thank you. <laughs> right, I feel yeah. I feel like a tin type would be pretty. So expensive. when we go back to Gets, it's happening. Yeah, it's crapping. They're so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. I follow. I follow taken. them on Instagram. So, anyway, mm. what you got? What you got? What you working with? Mm. <laughs> you didn't like that even a little. Well, I was trying to think of something clever to say, but I'm too tired to care. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know, butt joke, but no. <laughs> Put a pin in that. Someday I'll come back to you on that. 
<laughs> I don't know. Thank uh, you for that. You're welcome. But today's episode will come out on my birthday. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do a completely bonkers story because, come on, uh, almost went with another haunted house mm-hmm. or a cryptid. But I decided that I'm enough of a cursed and mythical being myself. Fair. So that was unnecessary. Uh, John E.L. Tenney shared a little snippet of this story on Twitter a while back. Okay. So, of course, I wrote it down on my giant list of stories. Today seemed like the absolute perfect day to tell it. It's got a little bit of everything. The occult. Mysterious mysteries. Murder. Ooh. It's also short and a little scary. Just like me. Just, I was just going to say, just like you. <laughs> uh, so, hold on to your butts, because today I'm going to tell you all the unsolved Auburn Street Massacre and the Evangelista Occult Murders. I don't think I've ever heard of this, and I am very fucking excited. <laughs> you should be. It's weird. Uh, yeah, I was like, how have I never heard of this? Right? <laughs> Especially when I get into it. How do not more people not know about this? It's bonkers. Like, oh, Tenny. Level 10 balloons. So, Benjamino Evangelista, and sometimes it's uh, written as Evangelist, uh, was born in Naples, Italy in 1885. When he was 19 years old, he packed up and made his way to America with his brother Antonio. Uh, the pair initially settled in Philadelphia, but after a serious argument, Antonio disowned his brother. Uh oh. Um, you see, the very Catholic Antonio wasn't a huge fan of Benny's claims that he was receiving visions from God. Ah. Yeah. Well. Uh, Benny would later go on to claim that he received visions and messages from deities across multiple religions, but only between the hours of midnight and 3 a.m. Okay. Okay. Mm. He's got a three-hour window. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, After their falling out, Benny moved on to York, Pennsylvania, and started working railroad construction. Uh, There he met fellow Napolitano immigrant Aurelius Angelino, and they quickly became best friends. They also started dabbling in the occult, which, I mean, sure, why not? Yeah, okay. I mean, there's no segue into this. They're like, no, we're just just gonna gonna be occultists now. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, And in the papers at the time it was written uh as voodooism oh yeah okay they're practicing voodooism all right yep any anything yeah that's just straight with voodooism got it all right completely not but sure okay um so yeah super besties just practicing black magic together as you do as you do i mean however aurelius wasn't quite okay and in 1919, he ended up killing two of his kids after attacking his family with an axe. Oh, no. Yeah. He was then sent to a prison for the criminally insane. Oh, uh, 1919? Yeah. Ah, huh? uh, yeah. Yep. It's height of axe murders. Yep. Mm. And uh, so Benny was all alone again. And baffled by his friend's sudden change, he just packed up and moved to Detroit. Okay. Like, well, that was fucking left field. I'm just going to get all the way out of here. Okay. So, Pennsylvania to Michigan. Having saved a nice chunk of money from working, uh, Benny invested in real estate following his arrival in Detroit and eventually became a rather prosperous landlord and realtor. All right. Uh, He spent some time as a carpenter as well, 
and eventually met and married a woman named Santina. Doing fairly well, he moved his family into a lovely greenhouse on the corner of St. Aubin and Mack Streets with a large and inviting front porch. He also kept up his occult practices, and as a side hustle, he sold hexes, herbs, and spiritual remedies out of his own personal spiritual treatment center, a.k.a. his basement. Mm. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Sure. Uh, Don't we all? Right? The self-proclaimed divine prophet uh, would charge $10, which is about $300 now, for his various rituals, which included curses, cures, chants, dances, uh, psychic healings, tarot card readings, astrological charts, and the occasional animal sacrifice, depending on the client's needs. Uh, He also charged $1, which is roughly $15 today, for admission to the seances that he held at the house. Ah. Yes. So, kind of a snake oil salesman. I was just going to say that. (laughs) A grifter. Right. Yeah. But, hey, that's not, he's not the first and won't be the last. He sure isn't. I get but. friend requests from them all the time on Instagram. I get messages from them in the form of women I went to high school with trying to sell me leggings, shakes, or beach body <laughs> these days. <laughs> Honestly. Same. Can we say it's any different? Nope. T- we cannot. No. Like, no, Mallory, I do not want to buy your essential oils. Please leave me alone now. Wow. Yeah, no. Yes. Your vitamins. Your supplements, I don't, if you will. I don't want them. Vitamins. But your, thank you. Your shake powders. Please keep your cheap, flammable leggings away from me. Go from me. Leave me Leave me be with with my, my Walmart leggings, which are probably flammable, but also yes. I don't have to buy them in bulk and then sell them to other people. I don't. That's I just, dumb. I just want to wear my Walmart booty flackers. That's all. Guys. Yeah. Stop falling for pyramid schemes. Please. Please stop falling for pyramid schemes. Please. Yeah, man. They're really bad. It's it's still technically a cult. But that is a Amway, I think, is a cult. Amway. I just listened to a podcast yesterday that talked about Amway. Amway is a cult. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Straight up. Oh yeah. So anyway, rabbit holes. So many. Anyhow. For a nickel. You could go into the basement and see the paper mache solar system that Benny'd made uh, hanging from wires and surrounding an electric eye. Like it was yeah. an eyeball that lit up. Boy, he's, she's got uh-huh. a side hustle. It was like a little museum down there. Right. Um, I see you, Benny. He also had wax figures and dolls of various gods and deities suspended from the ceiling. Uh, I will post a photo. They are horrifying and I hate them. I would not want to see them hanging from any ceiling anywhere because, oh boy, the nightmares. Oh, they're scary. I don't like them. Interessante. So he would also go on to found his own religion, the United Federation of America. Nice. Nope. Yeah, huh? And in 1926, he wrote his own Bible called The Oldest History of the World Discovered by Occult Science. It's called a manifesto. Uh, According to Benny, the book was intended to be four volumes, and the contents, which included information relayed to him directly by God, had been coming to him nightly in, or had been coming to him in nightly trances that started in 1906. Uh, The basement was also where he would conduct sermons, uh, but I'm still kind of unclear as to whether or not 
they were to anyone outside of his family or no one at all. Uh, I couldn't really find Fair. a lot of information. I'm pretty sure there were other people that he, like, he sold cures and hexes to that would come and listen to him. Uh, but not 100%. It, I would not be surprised if either one were true. Sure. Yeah. Be like, he's doing sermons to no one. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Or he's doing sermons to 40 people in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that also makes sense. Yeah. Um. Oh, Lord, this guy. <laughs> so, it's been said that copies of his Bible, which he referred to as the sun, mm. were stacked all over the room. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it was printed in limited release. How many people bought it? Can't tell you. But it did exist. And for a while, it was available, like it had been scanned um, and was available to read online. Oh, boy. But I tried to find it and could not. Okay. Um, I don't know what happened, if it was like a bad link or I just couldn't find it. I'm like, oh, man, I wanted to see that nonsense. Johnny oh, L. Johnny L. Tenney happened to get his hands on it, though. Of course he did. And he said it was nuts. <laughs> oh, I believe it nuts like i want to see that i want to see i feel like it's a weird reddit thread of just one guy yelling into the void talking about weirdness here for it yeah um curious so the evangelistas were pretty well off but that doesn't mean they were necessarily well liked Mm. Uh, in fact, there were quite a few people who didn't appreciate Benny charging them the equivalent of two days' wages for services that weren't guaranteed to work. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but that doesn't make what happened next at all justifiable. On July 2nd, 1929, Benny had called the watchman, whom I'm assuming was essentially a security guard, mm-hmm. uh, of a house that was going to be demolished that day to let him know that he had purchased all of the salvageable lumber from the wrecking company and he'd arranged to have it collected and delivered to his house the following morning. Uh, just like, hey, buddy, heads up. I bought this wood. And so, you know, someone's going to come pick it up. It's not weird. It's you should expect these people to come. Okay. Um, how? Where did I go? Oh, there we go. So we'd have it delivered to his house the next day and pay the delivery men once everything had been unloaded. Be like, you know, yeah. super transaction. Bing, bang, whatever. Yeah. Because remember, he also was a carpenter. Right. Um, no delivery was ever made, by the way. Oh. Which is one-sidedly weird, and you're about to see why. Huh. Yeah, no one showed up. Uh, the next morning, around 10.30 a.m., Vincent Elias arrived at the Evangelista's house to talk to Benny about a real estate deal. No one answered, so he let himself into the house and walked into a literal fucking nightmare. Oh, God. Yeah. Benny, who was 43, was sitting at his desk... Mostly. Mostly? His body was seated in the chair, hands folded in his lap, while his head was on the floor next to him. Oh, shit. Yeah. Upstairs, Elias discovered the body of 36-year-old Santina Evangelista in bed with 18-month-old Mario. Oh, no. She had been nearly decapitated, and the baby's skull had been crushed. Oh. Yeah. Across the hall... Seven-year-old Angeline and five-year-old Margaret were found dead in their beds, while four-year-old Jean was dead on the floor between them. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Elias quickly contacted the police, who arrived almost immediately. It's also been said that uh, nearly the entirety of the homicide department was on the scene. Which, fucking yeah. 
Wow. Headless guy. Everyone. Now. <laughs> fucking get. Let's go. Guys, this guy's head. You got to <laughs> fucking help. Some shit has happened here. It was on and now it's off. <laughs> and nope. That's not, that's not good. Can't have that. Hey, buddy. Um, uh, Could you send everybody, all of them? All, all of them. Just get. Bring just, them in. Everybody. Everybody. Please. Because, oh, Jesus. This is some weird shit. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, exploring their house just made it even more bizarre. So, the paper would print an article the following day, July 4th. Uh, describing the scene as thus. Sitting before his desk, which also served as an altar, his hands folded as though in prayer, the body of Benny Evangelist, mystic healer and religious fanatic, was found shortly before noon on Wednesday. The head lay on the floor beside the chair. The bodies of his wife and four children found upstairs, their skulls crushed. Police are working on the theory that Evangelist was the victim of a second religious fanatic. It is believed the slayings took place about midnight. Oh boy. So while investigating the house, police made a number of odd yet unrelated discoveries, which, yeah, that would track in the home of a self-proclaimed divine prophet herbalist healer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're going to find some weird shit. Um, That doesn't track. (laughs) Not at all. A basement full of paper mache planets and scary wax figures. That's not weird at all. Doesn't everybody everybody have those? Yes. Um... One thing that they were truly confused by was a series of large photos hanging behind Benny's desk of an infant in a coffin, as we were just speaking about. Mm -hmm. But as it turns out, they were post-mortem portraits of a son that had died some years before. I believe his name was uh, Malio. Okay. Yeah. Um, Which, very sad. Uh, Yes. In the same newspaper article as that I just read from. Uh, some of the other strange items found in the house were listed and described. Uh, several pieces of women's undergarments, each tagged with the name of its owner, police point out, reveal that the so-called mystic indulged in practices of voodooism or devil worship. Such garments, voodooism has it, can lead to uh, the finding of a missing person when they are properly handled by one versed in the mystic arts of that belief. Okay. So it's like... Here's these panties. And then he would just put the person's name on it and do whatever he was going to do, which, mm, huh. Mm, right. I have questions. So many. But also, I don't know if I really want answers to that part. I'm like, I get it, but also, no, thank no. you. Yeah. Uh, so James Burgess, the Wayne County coroner, was quoted as saying, This is the most unusual case. A single perverted maniac must have killed them, although it seems impossible that some of their screams would not be heard. Right. Yeah. Um, so the police began searching for the evangelista's murderer immediately, uh, initially believing that it was connected to the murder of a woman and her three kids two weeks prior, but that did not pan out. Uh, a funeral for the evangelista family was held on July 6th with nearly 3,000 people in attendance. Oh, wow. Uh, police thought they caught their guy after arresting a man who was, quote unquote, acting queerly with excited suspicion. Um, but he was questioned and released quickly. He was just, as it turns out, an one... excited gay man. No, he was just <laughs> no. one of the many looky loos uh-huh. that had attended they the funeral. Too excited of sheer. He was just there because he was super curious, as I'm sure most of the three thousand people were. 
And because it was 1929, law enforcement failed to keep those same curious bystanders, which included members of the media, from completely contaminating the crime scene. Like, people just showing up, doing, touching everything. Right. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, the only clue the police were able to find was a single bloody fingerprint left on the front doorknob. Uh, no weapon was found, though it was believed that the murderer was left-handed after examining the evangelista's bodies. Okay. Uh, while police questioned several neighbors, most of whom were also Italian and Sicilian immigrants, uh, about the murders, no one was too keen on sharing any information with them. Hmm. So that could have also been part of why nobody reported hearing anything. Because they're like, we don't. We don't want to. Fair. Well, and two, if they think that it was after midnight, they were all asleep. So if his head was cut off, he didn't make a sound. Not not many. Not, and then not too many. you decapitate mom. She ain't making a sound. The well, they ba- were all sleeping. The baby might have cried. Maybe. They were all they were all upstairs sleeping. That's what I'm saying. There, what yeah. sound would there have been? Depends on where they went first and yeah. who they got first. Hard to say. Nobody knows. Um, so even though Benny kept meticulous client records, uh, which named hundreds of people, police could barely get some folks to admit that they even knew him. Huh. Uh, eventually, a $1,000 reward for any information was offered, but it still remained unclaimed. Um, well, this is just absolutely nuts. So there were thought to be no witnesses to the murders, But in March of 1930, AP released a story claiming someone had come forward. Oh. Don't get excited. Oh. The witness is a shaggy brown dog which belonged to the children of Benny Evangelist. The animal disappeared at the time Evangelist and his wife and the four children were hacked to death on July 3rd, 1929. In the course of a routine... uh, Oh, in the course... Of routine, a record was made of the dog's license number, but the dog was not found. Yesterday, a woman reported that a dog with a 1929 license number had come to her home. When she learned who the dog, uh, who had owned the animal, she decided not to adopt it. You can't say that a witness came forward when it was a dog. Unless it's, like, Lassie. Or Scooby-Doo. Or something. And can definitely show you some kind of proof or evidence. Be no. an actual witness? Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, Let's try being a human. Let's start there. Right, like, it's mm, a good place a to start. Nope, nope, that's not. <sighs> Guys, no. Just no. Which it just tickled me when I found that out. I'm like, a witness, yay! Aw, come on! Right? That's rude. Lame. That's just rude. Despite having next to no information or leads... There were, of course, theories on who the killer was and why. Initially, they looked into one of Benny's tenants, but his fingerprint wasn't a match for the one found at the scene. Okay. Um, it was like, yeah, it was just weird little side case. What about his mental hospital, homie? We will get there. Uh, so they also considered that it could have been a disgruntled client or possibly a, rob- a robbery gone horrifically awry. Uh, there were also plenty of questions about the delivery that was supposed to have been made on the morning that the evangelista's bodies were discovered. The name of the company was unknown. It wasn't written down anywhere, and Benny had never mentioned it to the security guard. Mm-hmm. Um, Benny was also known to carry large amounts of cash, leading most people to wonder why the delivery man never showed up. 
It seemed like a pretty straightforward gig with a guaranteed payout. So where were they? Huh. It's a really good question. Really good question. Uh, another theory was that the Evangelistas had been killed by a group known as the Black Hand, who preyed on wealthy Italian immigrants. Uh, according to reports, while searching the house for clues, police came across a six-month-old letter to Benny from the group, which read, This is your last chance. However, uh, by 1929, the Black Hand wasn't actually a thing anymore. Oh. As most of them had merged into just the straight-up mafia. Right, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. So whoever sent the note to Benny was most likely new to the criminal circuit and attempting to extort money from him using outdated threats. Got so it. they pretty much figured that Benny just kind of tossed it aside and forgot about it because he's like well this is fucking bullshit yeah because i learned about the black hand from peaky blinders mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it was yeah. not around in 1929 anymore so that was one of their leads straight down the toilet two potential suspects were later questioned uh umberto tecchio and angelo DePoli. Uh, Umberto had gone to the Evangelista's house the night before the murders, claiming that he had stopped by to drop off the final payment on the house that he'd purchased from Benny. Uh, Umberto hadn't been alone that night either. Uh, his friend Angelo DiPoli had gone with him. Police brought both men in for questioning after finding a quote-unquote keen-edged banana knife, conspicuously clean work boots, and an axe in the barn of the boarding house where Umberto and Angelo had been living. Uh, the men claimed that they had that nothing out of the ordinary had happened on their stop at the Evangelista house and that they'd gone out drinking after they dropped off the money and left. Mm-hmm. It was like quick exchange. Like, here's my money. Bing, bang. Thanks for the house. Bye. Yep. Now let's go get some fucking beers. That was it. Um, but the papers had a field day with Umberto as a suspect. And brought up the fact that he'd stabbed his brother-in-law to death during an argument just three months before the evangelistas were slaughtered in their home. Mm. Uh, he wasn't convicted of the murder of his brother-in-law, and due to a lack of evidence, he was released of any connection to the evangelista murders. Um, even if there may have been lingering questions surrounding Umberto as a suspect, he died just a few years later in 1934. So whatever he knew, if anything, went with him to the grave. Angelo DiPoli was allegedly arrested the day the bodies were discovered after he was found with a bloody knife. Uh-oh. Despite neighbors saying DiPoli had been seen frequently at the Evangelista home, police weren't able to connect him to the family and he was released. Uh, one of the main suspects in the case was Detroit-based cult founder Robert Harris. In November of 1932, police discovered James J. Smith's body tied to an altar with a silver knife through his heart. Jesus. Uh, Robert Harris claimed that Smith had volunteered as a human sacrifice, but the fact that he'd uh, he'd been bludgeoned with a wagon axle before being tied up and stabbed didn't really work out in Harris's favor. Like, no. Uh, He was arrested and, while incarcerated, claimed that he was a king and that he planned on killing several more people, the mayor of Detroit included, upon his release. Okay. Uh, Harris also confessed to killing the Evangelistas, but his fingerprints weren't a match. Okay. And now, my favorite theory of all. So, yes. Remember Benny's first bestie, Aurelius Angelino? Yes. The guy who killed two of his own children with an axe and was sent to prison for the criminally insane? Yes. Yeah. So, if he were locked up, he couldn't be a suspect, right? Right. Exactly. Well, in 1923, he fucking escaped and was never seen or heard from again. Ah. Uh Uh-huh. 
Why would he track down and murder his former friend and his entire family? Well, finding out the person you'd practiced magic with is now using those skills to bilk people out of their money uh, without you probably stung a bit, especially when you consider Benny Evangelista was very wealthy, living in a gorgeous house with his wife and children, all while he'd left his friend to wither away in an asylum. So revenge is quite the motive. Fair. Uh, the Evangelistas are buried in an unmarked grave in Detroit's Mount Olivet Cemetery. The house at 3587 St. Aubin Street was demolished sometime in the 40s. Damn it. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's gone. Throughout the decades since the murders, pol- uh, people have reported hearing disembodied screams coming from the grassy lot where their house once stood. Ooh. There have also been multiple sightings of a headless man walking through the area who vanishes, vanishes just as quickly as he appears. Ooh. And that is the St. Aubin Street Massacre and the Evangelista Occult Murders. Wow. Fucking balloons. That's soup spanoons, dude. Right? What the hell? Wow. What? Like, I can't believe I've never heard of that one. Me either. I'm sorry, but it's not... There's no way that was a robbery gone awry. No. That was a dumb theory, 1929 law enforcement. Like, if if they were going to rob someone, I mean... And everybody was upstairs asleep. Benny was in his office. I could see, yeah, killing Benny, taking whatever, and leaving. Not killing Benny and then going upstairs to kill his whole family. No, so that that doesn't make sense. Either someone that's criminally insane, looking at you, Aurelius, Angelino, serial killer ish, or it was a hit. Very well, could have been. My money would be on Aurelius, yeah, Angelino, and then a disgruntled client of some kind uh it's a hell of a client that's gonna massacre an entire family Uh uh-huh yeah but he was also offering actual cures so imagine someone going there be like my wife is very sick she's dying i need help yeah he takes hundreds of dollars of your money that you need right and promises you She's going to be better, and then she's not. Yeah. Rage, revenge. All of it. Both motives. Whether that scenario I just said actually happened, I don't know. But I would assume something similar. Yeah. Because he was just basically like, here's some random stuff. I'm going to do a little dance for you, and you're going to give me $300. It might work. Probably won't. I I wish I could have seen the dance. I wish I could have seen the dance. I wouldn't know what that looked like. Like it's like my chicken dance. That was really good. Yes. I'm really disappointed that my phone did not film the whole thing correctly. Just filmed a little weird snippet of it, but it was good. Yeah. It was really good. Oh, sources. Sources. Before I forget. The thirteenth floor TV, David Ian McKendry, findagrave.com, the lineup.com, Elizabeth Tilstra, uh Claremont Claremontson.com, Mark Hoover. Click on Detroit, Ken Haddad, Benny.WeirdLectures.com, AmericanHauntingsInc.com, and the Detroit History Podcast. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. That was... Um, THP? <laughs> Tenny was... Big country. Tenny was on that. So I was like, oh, that's why he shared that. Gotcha. But yeah, those 
fucking wax dolls. She's oh no. Oh yeah, you need to pull I'm that gonna, up I'm so that I can it. see. It's like I hate this. There we go. They demolished that house and they didn't yeah, build nobody, anything over it. Nope, nobody wanted lot. to. Yep. To this day, I'm pretty sure that nobody wanted anything to do with it. They're like, huh. no retail spaces wanted to buy it. That's weird. It is weird. That's really I think, weird. Uh, a lot of that area, uh, like the neighborhood, a lot of the houses have been torn down by now. Mm, yeah. um, so I don't really know if what happened. I really hate when they tear down old houses. Me too. Oh no! They're just built so much better. <laughs> I found them! Oh boy! Oh, I really hate them. I, what is, what is that one? You know what? No, I don't care. <laughs> oh, fuck. Right? Uncomfortable. What in the actual fuck? The one that looks like a saddle, kind of? Is it a bird? I don't... It has wings? It Does it? I think so. I don't know, but I hate it. I think it's a winged deity person. Um, He making shit up. Unclear. Unclear. He He making shit up. Well, I walked it. Oh, you nerd. Yeah, I don't... Those... I don't... I can't. They're very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, that's... Different. That's like the world's scariest puppet show. No need that. No, no. one really needs that. The, no. the just... Oh, there's more! What a bonkers... Oh, absolutely not. What a bonkers story. Look at how big they are! They're huge! Uh, what a fucking weirdo. Good lord! I'm just gonna go on record so, and say he's a weirdo. I'm gonna go, just real quick... Um, hard pass. Yeah, that's a yeah. That's a, a solid no. Thank me. you. Yeah. So, um, what a weirdo. A firm no. I don't. What a weirdo. I don't love it. No. Same. I don't. I don't love it. Um, you know who also doesn't love it? <laughs> Big country. Big country. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, last week's episode title was. Uh, ruining ruiner of things. It was a good one. Which <laughs> was a great title. Uh, let me. Who who did that? Who we were did talking that? about Harold. I, you are. I saw you already thanked them. I, I just can't remember the did, name. But I wanted to say it again. You um, should. Um, low key. Avery. Sad. Avery, that you didn't pick Big Country. <laughs> in all fairness, Avery had not heard you say it yet, so she didn't know how hilarious it was. Uh, it was just Big Country. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. So, ruining ruiner of things. Yes, we were talking about the heroin. Heroin. Opiates in general. Yes. Um, but yeah, that was fucking Benny Evangelista. Good lord, that is a completely bonkers story. I was like, how did I never know about this? Girl, I don't know. That's just fucking insane. So, right. well, if you guys think big country is going anywhere, you're sorely mistaken. I, <laughs> oh no, it's it I, shan't. It big can't. country is here to stay. We know you well I'm enough by now. It. I love that. it. I'm not going to kill it, but it's it's staying. Good. Big I'm glad because I really enjoy it. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. So good. It is good. Well, we done done it, y'all. We done, we done, done, it. done it. What are you making for dinner tonight? Fucking probably Brussels sprouts. Ooh. Oh, I have some. Of I those. do I enjoy Brussels. Gross. I have, huh? Oh, I have some. 
that I intended to make and I then just... I forgot. And I hope they haven't gone bad. I have a ton of them. I also have broccoli and cauliflower and like. Well, it'll be a real farty dinner if you make I just them all at once. Don't mm-hmm. know what to do with them, aside from f- fucking fry them, roast, or, or roast. Yeah, an air don't. fryer. Yeah. Throw them in there. I'm gonna. Yeah, I, I saw well, it. I had an idea, and then I was like, "Is that a thing? Would that be good?" And it was uh, like peanut sauce chicken. Still have your peanut sauce. With Brussels oh, sprouts. so good. Oh, yes. thank you. So just like toss your chicken and your I'm going to try and do stuff. no meat if I can. Well, you could do it with just with the Brussels, just the Brussels sprouts, sprouts. Which yeah. is how it would be good. When at the Thai place by my house, they have, it's called lemongrass chicken. It's mm-hmm. essentially just oh, yeah. grilled chicken on a bed of broccoli with peanut sauce on top. That's all it is. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. I fucking love it. Super good. So there you go. Her peanut sauce is Really fucking good. Thank you. Yeah. I made it all by myself. It's gone. I it's gone. Yay. I might toss Brussels sprouts and broccoli and peanut sauce. Gotta make, gotta make that fucking cauliflower too. Anyway, oh, dinner. I do have cauliflower. Dinner and plans Brussels with sprouts. Randall. Dinner plans with Randall. I like all it. All right. Well, shit. Um. All right. So, y'all know the drill: rate, review, subscribe, and share, share, share. Yeah. If you would like some exclusive motherfucking content, go be a patron on our Patreon. You Definitely can see do that. These boobs, she said. They're not on. Who's there. the villain in your episode? Real quick, what was his name again? In mine, uh-huh. uh, Colonel J. Oh, 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 Slag. Slag. Which is a really Slag. hilarious nickname because that is not a very nice thing to say to someone in the UK. Slag. No, no it's not Alabama though. Slag. Maybe. Maybe. I, I still... Maybe. James Wormwood. Yeah. Just slag. slag. We'll talk about him in half we a will. second. We will. We will. So, <laughs> um, okay then. Till next time, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Bye. Bye. So, birds up to the fuck you club. Birds up to the fuck you club. Mm-hmm. And, and today. Especially. Especially honorable mention to that motherfucking piece of shit, James Slag Wormwood. Fuck you. Fuck you, sir. Also, uh, Hateful Hannah. Ooh. <laughs> we throwing Hateful Hannah on the fuck you? Yeah, we should. I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. Double entry this week. Hateful Hannah and Slag. Yeah. Fuck you both. Yep. Just uncalled for. Straight up. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Oh, and, and Fred and Rosemary West just Oh, just it. because. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. I mean, Paul, fuck them. They they were on before the Fuck You Club, but they it's deserve true. to be in the Fuck You they Club. They do. I feel For like sure. most they people do. in the stories like that but hey, have added, but I was just thinking about it. We have so. a quadruple entry this week. Uh, we, uh, but you know what, guys? We can't forget about Bob. Never. Fuck you, Bob. Fuck you, Bob. I haven't said it in a while. I, it really felt yeah. good. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> you. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking fucker. You're fucking out. I'm still going to shit your fucking freezer, Bob. Straight up. Just you wait. I'm going to two weeks of nothing but ramen, followed by a visit to your kitchen. Randy's Randy's vaccinated and ready to come shit in your freezer. (laughs) I am double vaxxed. Let's fucking do this. He is ready. Ah, bless it. We're leaving. Goodbye.